Thank you, Jesus. God's on the move in this city. Amen? Amen. Amen. Everybody got your Bibles out? Everybody got your Bibles out? It's a participation sport. Churches. Ooh, didn't turn this on. Matthew 13 is where we're going to be this morning. Go ahead and open up your Bible there. Woo! I love that. You like who you're sitting next to? It's a person, they, they look good today. Just tell them they look good. They're a great person. You're glad they're here. <laughs> Now's your chance to move if you don't like the person before I get started. Matthew 13 is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, we're just going to jump right in this morning. Matthew 13 is where we're going to be this morning. And for the next couple of weeks, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 13, uh, talking about a story, uh, a parable that Jesus told. Um, he would do this often, where he would tell stories um, to us to explain the kingdom of God to us. He, he called these, these, these parables. Anybody a fan of a metaphor? Are you thankful for metaphors in your life? Jesus would use these parables as a metaphor. He would take uh, and tell a story of something that is kind of natural, everyday, tangible, something that we understand. He would use that thing that we understand to explain to us something a little less tangible, a, a reality or a truth of the kingdom of God, so that we could sort of metaphorically connect the dots. I, I, need, I need help connecting the dots sometimes. So I'm thankful for parables. So we're in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 1. And uh, we're going to read verse 9, and we're going to jump to verse 18. Can you guys stick with me through that? Awesome. Actually, we'll start in verse 3. A sower went out, uh, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A parable, uh, should we just start over? And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seeds, and he sowed. My gosh, can somebody else read this? Verse 4, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. Since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some sixty. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. He's told a parable, and now he's going to explain the metaphor to us. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's been sown in his heart. Say, in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. And he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but, care, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, he indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and in another 30. The parable of the sower. I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, if you have your notes out, I want you to write at the top of your page, God's got dirty hands. God's got dirty hands. The title I want to share with you from this morning. Everybody say, God's got dirty hands. God's got dirty hands. Recently, I've told you this before, and I'm going to tell you again, it's because I'm clearly proud of it. I planted some grass this year, 
and it worked. So and if you've ever tried to plant grass before, you know it's a big deal when it works because it's kind of tricky to work. But I've got my, my yard. I've got a few patches. And this year, I noticed that there was two spots in particular that just needed a redo. They needed a start over. Because the grass wasn't doing well, and I figured instead of working that, I'm just going to start the whole thing over in these two patches. So I rented a, a tiller, which was awesome, and it just shakes in your hands and makes me feel like a man. Tore, tore up all the grass, tore up the dirt. I raked all the old grass out, uh, got all this dirt ready. I mean, spent a couple hours working on these small patches of dirt to get the dirt ready because I wanted to plant some new grass. Go to the store, I buy some seed. I start throwing the seed down on my new dirt and while I'm doing it, I realize, you know, I've got this part that I'm starting over, but I've also got the part that doesn't need a restart, but, you know, it could use some spots to get filled in, you know. You can always use a little bit more grass, right? So uh, I, I didn't do any prep work or anything on, on the big part that, that I wasn't starting over, but I did just kind of throw a bunch of seed down. Uh, it's called overseeding. Just kind of throw a bunch of seed down, see what takes, and it kind of fills in, fills in the gap. So I had some that I had totally started over. I had some... Uh, that I had just overseeded and uh, done, d just trying to fill in some gaps. So I, I got this grass going, and uh, things started really going great for me around my yard. Uh, after about two weeks, the new grass was growing incredibly well, way better than I anticipated, so I felt really good about that. The new grass is growing, it's getting thick, it's green, it's getting tall, it looks great. And the grass on the old part is looking awesome too, way better than last year. It's more full, filling in the gaps. I mean, it, it was awesome. I was super excited. I was FaceTiming with a friend from out of town, and uh, I was outside, and he saw the yard like over my shoulder, and we were mid-sentence, and he goes, bro, your lawn looks great. It's like, <laughs> yes! So that's how good it looked. So the grass is going great. I mean, you know, this spring, we got so much rain, and the weather was absolutely incredible. It was ideal conditions for growing grass this year. My neighbor walked by one day. He goes, hey, if you can't grow grass this year, there's something wrong with you. I was like, yes, sir. But I did, so there's nothing wrong with me, so that's good. So anyways, all that to say, it was ideal conditions for getting grass started this year. Everything was going great. I, I was mowing twice a week to keep up with the growth, which is Exciting, because I like mowing, too. Um, you know. So mowing, grass is going good. Weather's amazing. Over the last four or five weeks, the weather's changed a little bit, hasn't it? Anybody noticed? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was just me. So over the last four to five weeks, weather's been changing a little bit. It's kind of transitioned from spring to summer. You know, it's getting hotter than it was, and it's staying hotter longer. Uh, we weren't, we're not getting quite as much rain as we were. It rained the other day, but, I mean, it was raining several times a week uh, in the early spring. Now, now we're not getting quite as much rain. And now that the weather's changed, what's interesting I've observed about my yard is I clearly spend a lot of time looking at it. I've noticed that the grass is all growing really differently now. The new grass is still growing about the same that it was in early spring. I, I could mow that grass every five or six days. But the part where I just overseeded, didn't do any prep work, all that kind of stuff, it's, it's slowed down a lot. Like I can mow every 10 days and you still can't even quite tell that I even cut the grass. It's been interesting to observe that uh, these two spots of grass are, are, growing, are growing differently. The grass in the new soil is literally growing twice as fast as the grass in the old soil. It's interesting that they had the, those spots, those two areas of my yard had the same sower. I, I put out the grass in both spots. They got the same seed. I had one bag of grass seed. Same sower, and the same seed, but 
different soils are seeing different growth. Back when the temperature was perfect and it was raining all the time, everything grew great. Because how many of you know everything goes great in great conditions? But the sun gets a little hotter, the rain slows down, and that's when you start to see what seeds fall on good soil. In an effort to explain to us the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God works, Jesus tells us this story, this parable of a sower who went out to sow seed. Sower takes his seed and he starts throwing it everywhere. Some lands on the path, some lands on some rocks, some lands on some thorns, and some land on good soil that had been prepared for the seed. The seed on the path uh, tells us that that seed on the path got eaten by the birds. The seed that fell on the rocks, it grew up for a little bit, but it didn't really have any roots, so it burned out pretty quick. The seed that fell in the thorns, that also started to grow, but there's so much going on around it, choked it out, and it didn't last long. But then some fell on the good soil. And not only did it start to bear a little fruit, but some of it even produced a hundred times what had been sown into it. Some 60 times, some 30 times. Four different soils, four different results. And in this story, Jesus illustrates kind of this same truth that I have seen in my yard this year. That soil matters when you're sowing seed. Soil matters when you're sowing seed. A great farmer can put down great seed, but in the end, if the soil sucks, nothing's going to grow. Soil matters when you're sowing seed. You ever been wanting to grow in your life? Anybody? You ever seen an area in your life that could use a little help? <laughs> Sometimes a start over. Bring in the tiller, just let's tear that up and <laughs> start again here. Sometimes we're, we're looking for growth in our life. You know, you wish, you know, you're probably here because you want your faith to grow, right? You want, you want your life in God to grow. Probably if you're married, hopefully at times you've wanted your marriage to grow. It's a good thing to want it to grow. Maybe you wanted your marriage to grow. Maybe there's been a friendship in your life that you wanted to grow. You wanted to grow as a parent. You wanted to grow in your job. We don't know what it's like to, to want to grow. We're, we're in a, some current state, but we want to we grow. And wanting to grow can be frustrating because if you want to grow, that usually means you're just waiting on the growth, right? If you're growing, you don't, you're, then you're good. But, but you want to grow, and you're kind of stuck waiting. Have you ever been waiting for the growth to happen? Like, when is this going to get better? When am I going to get better? When is this going to happen? You want to see growth, but the growth just isn't happening. You want it, but you're waiting. Sometimes when we're waiting, it feels like we're waiting on a sower to come along. You know, you're looking at God like, man, I want to grow in God, but if God would just blank, if God would just do something, if God would just show me a sign, if God would just help me stop this or help me start that, maybe I'd start growing. I wish the sower would come along and, and help me out. I wish God would, would do something. Or Sometimes we're, we're not growing and we feel like we're waiting on a seed. We're waiting on a seed. We're waiting on something around us to change. We're waiting on something to catalyze us in our life. Like if the sower would come and also sow some seed into my life, change my circumstances. We're waiting on the seed of our schedule to change. Maybe that, that'll help me grow a little bit 
a little bit more. I'll, I'll start growing in my marriage when, when my circumstances change, when my wife gets on my, off my back, when my husband does this. I'll start growing in my job more when my boss does this, my coworkers stop doing that. Sometimes we're waiting on a sower, but sometimes, sometimes it feels like we're waiting, we're waiting on a seed. It's hard when we're not seeing growth. It's frustrating. It's discouraging. When is this going to start happening? You ever ask that question? When am I going to see it? When am I going to see the growth? And you know that there's growth to be had. That's why you want it. But you just can't get there. Why not? Why can't I get, why can't I get to the growth? You can get discouraged. It can be hard when we're not seeing growth. And when, when, when we're not growing, it's easy to look to the sower. It's easy to look to the seed. And, and in this context, when we're, you know, we're here in church talking about maybe growing in God, and you're wondering, where's my growth in God? Why won't my faith grow? Why won't this happen? And I think when, when you're not growing and, and you're frustrated, it's easy to look at God and see him as a stingy sower, right? Like, man, if, if God would just do whatever, because he won't, and, but if he just would, if he wasn't so stingy and he would do that thing, then maybe I could grow. You see, God is a stingy sower. Like, I wish God would do more for me. If God would do more, then I could grow more. It's something I've thought at times when I'm not growing in God or going in my circumstances or whatever. I wish God would do, would do more. Or maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't, you're not waiting for God or you, you know enough, you've been to church enough times, you know, well, I know God's here. Like the Bible says, he's always around. Um, so I know God's, God's doing something, but what he's currently doing is not enough. Like, whatever he's doing, I'm not seeing the change happening, right? Like, I go to church, I read my Bible, and that's all great, but it's still not happening. I'm the only one that's ever been there. You think, maybe God's not such a stingy sower, but maybe the seed he's sowing in my life is spoiled. Maybe the seed's no good. And maybe God doesn't need to do more for me, but what he is doing needs to be better. I wish God would do better for me. I wish God would put me in a better workplace. I wish God would give me a better version of the Bible to read. I wish God would give me a better church so that something else would happen. A better spouse, a better friend, a better kids. I'd be a much better parent if it wasn't for my kids, right? I know God's doing something. I don't need God to do more, but I sure wish God would do better for me. I would definitely see some growth if things would just be a little bit better around here. We're not growing. It's easy to blame a stingy sower and it's easy a stingy sower and it's easy to blame spoiled seed, but it's hard to look at our hearts and notice that maybe the soil sucks. Maybe it's not the stingy sower or the spoiled seed. Maybe it's the soil. Sometimes we're not such good soil. Amen. Bad soil is anonymous. I'm Andrew. Sometimes I can be bad soil. Hi, Andrew. Sometimes we're not such great soil. And Jesus tells us this in his, in his parable. Which is encouraging right off the bat. Because Jesus isn't surprised by your bad soil. I must try that one again. That's encouraging right off the bat. 
Because Jesus is not surprised by your bad soil. He says, I know that there's some different soils out there. There's, there's some good soil. There's some, there's some bad soil. And from this story, a lot of it's no good. You know, God's speaking. God, the sower, is sowing his word. He's speaking, but our hearts are too hard to listen, if we're honest. God's speaking, but we don't want to do what it takes to respond. I mean, ah, sounds kind of hard. Don't let our roots grow deep. God is speaking, but our hearts... Our minds, our lives, they're so full, so congested that it can't get any air to breathe and it doesn't grow. Sometimes we're not the best soil. Sometimes we're so full, his voice gets drowned out. The seed he is sowing lands on a hard heart. The seed he is sowing lands on a heart that's not ready to move the rocks it's going to take to let the seed grow. Sometimes it's just we're so full we never heard it in the first place. But God's sowing his seed. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Jesus is telling us this story. And something about this tells me Jesus isn't telling me this story to help me plant my grass. Maybe that's just me. Jesus isn't telling us this story to help me plant my grass. He's actually explaining a spiritual kingdom reality. that I want you to write this down. A good God can speak a good word, but if your heart won't receive it, you won't get the growth. That's what Jesus is telling us, that a good God can speak a good word, but if your heart won't receive it, you won't get the growth. If you want your faith to grow, if you want to grow in God, but you've gotten a little stagnant or you're not seeing it, the growth you want in your life, the growth that you know God wants for your life, you've got to understand this reality, that it's not always a stingy sower or spoiled seed. Sometimes it's the soil. Sometimes it's the soil. Jesus is telling us this story to get this reality across because it's a little bit offensive. Like, are you trying to say I'm the problem? No. It's a little offensive. But sometimes we got to get a little offended to shake us into some breakthrough. And he's saying, hey, I got to tell you the truth because I want you to grow. And you're waiting on the wrong thing. You're waiting for a better sower or better seed. But we just need some better soil and you're gonna get the growth that you're looking for. Now, when we read this story, we're, like I said, we're gonna be in this story for the next couple of weeks and kind of digging into what does it look like to be be good soil, but but I wanna start off just this week kind of setting the tone and, and saying, you know, when we read this story, it's easy to read this story and even start to hear this first bit of the sermon so far and make it all about us, right? Like, ah, my soil, okay. Time to go to work. Like, went to church, pastor said work harder, I'm going to do it. It's easy to listen to this story and, and make it about us, but what I think can very easily, what I think very easily can get overlooked and what very frequently does get overlooked about this story is how crazy the sower is. It's really easy to overlook how crazy the sower is. Here's what I'm saying. There's this lie in your head and in your heart, in your life, in our world, that God is stingy with his seed. It's a lie. And it sounds like this. It sounds like this. Well, yeah, God does want the kingdom of God to grow in your life. He wants to use you. He wants to put good things into you. Yes, that's all true. But you're going to have to coerce him. 
enough to like make sure he gets it in there right. You're gonna have to beg him. And if you're good enough and work hard enough and prove yourself enough, God will plant some seed of the kingdom in your life. He's gonna give you one seed and you better capitalize on that thing or you blew it. That's what the lie sounds like. That's what we think when we read this story. Well, I better get my soil together. Otherwise, I'm gonna miss it. I better work out with God, sit and make sure I do enough to convince him to give me that one seed. Oh, because I, I want the kingdom to grow in my life, but I don't think he really thinks it's gonna work. But if I convince him and maybe I sell him on me a little bit, he'll put a seed in me and I can maybe try to do something with that seed. And he, I know, because he's stingy with this seed. That's the lie, but when you read the Bible, when you read Matthew 13, Jesus tells us something very different about the sower. Jesus tells us here that if you're looking for growth in your life, number one, that's awesome, that's great. You're hungry for more. When it comes to the kingdom, when you get hungry, watch out, because you're gonna get fed. Side note, if you're looking for growth in your life, that's good. And, and Jesus is making a, a blaring point here that God is not a stingy sower. There's a lie in your life that says he is, but it's just straight up wrong. He is not a stingy sower. In this story, this sower is exactly the opposite of stingy. He's throwing his seed everywhere. When I was sowing seed in my yard, Rose was all excited about it. She was just taking grass out of the bag and putting handfuls on the driveway. Just... And that's what this guy's doing in this story. Just, yep, the driveway, absolutely. The gravel, you get some too. All those bushes over there, have as much as you want. Oh, and some good soil, here we go. Put some there too. He's reckless with his seed. He is abundant with his seed. He's completely unmeasured. Apparently he's got a big bag because he's not worried about it. He is over the top, sloppy, with his seed. I mean, you could read this story and if it wasn't the Bible and if it wasn't Jesus saying, you'd say this guy was wasteful. He's pouring out so much seed into your life. God is not stingy with his seed. He's pouring out so much love, so much grace, so much mercy, so much power, so much provision, so much goodness, so much joy and peace. I mean, he is just sowing into your life. And the crazy thing is, he's throwing it onto your path, onto your rocks, onto your thorns, and onto your good soil. God knows all of the seed he's sowing in your life won't take, but he knows some of it will. He'll throw it everywhere because he knows somewhere it's going to take. This lie that tells you God is stingy with his seed, it's a lie. The truth is that God wants your growth so bad, he'll throw four times the necessary seed just to make sure you catch some. Four times. Yeah, it's metaphor, but like, you know, it's metaphor, so it means a lot. He wants your growth so bad. He'll throw four times of his love at you knowing you're just going to catch a little bit of it, but it's worth it. 75%, it wasn't wasted. It was worth it to get the 25% you did catch. 
He wants it so bad. He's not a stingy sower. He's not a stingy sower. And the truth is that the seed that God is sowing into your life is really good seed. Jesus says in the Bible here that the seed is the word of the kingdom. It's the word of God. Not only is God not stingy with his seed, but what he's saying is he is not stingy with his word in your life. God is speaking to you. He's speaking over you. He's speaking into you. He's speaking around you. He's speaking underneath you. He's speaking through you. God is generously sowing his word over your life. And his word is good. His word is true. His word is never changing. His word is never failing. His word is pure and powerful. It's pregnant with promise. And he is generously speaking over you. The seed isn't spoiled the sower isn't stingy. So if you're looking for growth and you're not seeing it, let's look at the soil. Let's look at the soil. And like I said, when we read this story here in Matthew 13 or we hear this sermon, sometimes it's easy to make it about us or we can read it and at face value, maybe we look at it and we picture God in the story like, okay, I've got these four soils. I'm trying to put seed in your life and you just keep wasting all of it, Andrew. And I'm trying to get some growth in your life and you're sitting there waiting and you're thinking it's me, but it's really you. And you think it's a seed, but it's really you. And just get your act together, man. We see God up on his throne, you know, like far off in that like beautiful white robe he's got on and his like flowy, big Zeus hair. And, and he's, he's perfectly clean and his arms are on those big armrests that he obviously has on his throne. And he's sitting there like, man, I'm trying to throw you some seeds, so just come on, like get your act together. You, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you this morning that Jesus told this story. He says, hey, quit looking around at everybody else and look at yourself, make it work. We picture the God far off, right? But again, Jesus shows us something so different not just in this story, but in his life. Jesus, the Bible tells us, was the fullness of God in bodily form. Jesus is the exact representation of God. You wanna know what God looks like? Just look at Jesus. And in Jesus, we see that absolutely, yes, God is on his throne, but no, he is not far off. God is pure, absolutely, and he is holy, but he is not all that clean. In Jesus, in this story, Jesus is telling us this morning that God is not far off and clean. He is all up in your life, and God has got dirty hands. God's got dirty hands because he is all up in your life, and he, his hands are all up in your dirt. His hands are in your dirt, working out the hard parts, softening it up so you can receive the, so, the seed that he's sowing. God's hands are dirty. They're all up in your rocks, digging around, trying to pull those things out so that your roots can grow deep. God's hands are dirty. They're scarred, they're bleeding from pulling out thorns so that his seed can have some space to breathe in your life. God's not far off. God's all up in your world and God's got dirty hands. Jesus doesn't tell us this parable to let us know that we've got a 75% chance of screwing it up. Jesus is making a point in this parable 
And his point is that no, he doesn't look at us and see a 75% chance of failure. He looks at you, he looks at your heart, he looks at the various soils in your heart and there's a 100% chance that God wants to move in you and he wants to get his hands all up in there to make it work. That's what Jesus is trying to tell us. The point of this story is not, okay, now you know that your heart isn't perfect, so go sit by yourself and get better. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus is trying to say, will you invite me into your life? Will you invite me into your hearts to do a little bit of gardening? It's just gonna take a little bit of gardening and we're gonna get that harvest. I'm trying to sow seed and some of it's not falling on good soil, so let me in and let's work it. Let's work it so you get the harvest that I'm trying to plant inside of you. Like I said, this week is kind of an intro week. And I'm excited to dig into this, figure out what does this look like to be good soil? Because God's got a harvest for you. Do you want it? Why don't you go ahead and stand up? It's a brief, brief message this morning. We're gonna close here in just a second, but before we close, I wanna finish kind of just with one more thought. Like I said, God, he's not far off and his hands aren't dirty. But I want to give you this final thought as we head into this week. And um, as we go through this next week, I want to encourage you to be reading Matthew 13 on, in your own time and asking God to highlight some things to you. Because I believe he's going to speak to you. But one final thought as we get started with these next couple of weeks is that one, God isn't far off. Two, God's hands are dirty. And three, God's hungry for your harvest. God is hungry for your harvest. I don't know about you, but I can look at this story and even hear this message up to this point and say, okay, cool. I know that all my soil is not perfect. And yeah, with a little bit of work, you know, I could uh, probably get some more uh, yield going, all that kind of stuff. But I'm one for four, it's not bad. And if one for four gets 30, 60, 100, I mean, the numbers start to work out. I mean, why put in all that work? You know, have you ever gardened? Garden's hard work especially when it comes to your heart, it's hard. So I don't know about you, but I think there's a question to be asked here, like why put in all the work? Sure, God wants to and all that kind of stuff, but why put in all the work that it's gonna take to garden out all these rocks and rip up this path and all this kind of stuff? Why put in the work to get the harvest? And the next question for me is why put in the work to get the harvest? Because I can't eat it all anyways. I mean, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times, I eat a lot. But like maybe enough for two people, not 30, not 60, not 100. I mean, are you with me? Like what, what are, why? What are we even going for? Why do I need a hundredfold harvest? But God's hungry for your harvest. And I wanna give you this thought that, that maybe somebody needs to eat your extra. Somebody in your life who doesn't have good soil who can't have good soil, who just won't have good soil. I don't know, but they've got nothing to eat. And maybe some of your 60 is gonna go to feed them. Maybe God's so hungry for your harvest because he wants to use you to feed others. Here's what I'm trying to say is that when he grows a harvest of the kingdom in your life, you get to give a taste of the kingdom to others. 
And the taste of the kingdom from your life is going to become the seed of the kingdom in their life. They won't do good soil. But after they taste what you have, how do I get some more of that? This is why we need to be good soil, guys. God wants to bless you. God wants to fill you. God wants to have you have more than enough. He's abundant to your life. Yes, all that, 100%, but it's so much more. There's probably 30, 60, 100 people in your life that need Jesus. And he wants to produce a harvest in your good soil that's gonna feed your neighbor. That's why we put in the work. That's why we wanna have a good garden in our hearts. God's not stingy with this seed, and the seed's really good. And if I'll work my soil, my neighbors can eat too. Isn't that what we want? So much more motivating than, yeah, I get a really full barn. No, you get to feed some hungry souls. You get to feed some hungry souls. Jesus is inviting you in, in this parable, to the mission of God, the call of God. He's inviting you into your workplace, to your family, your friends. He's inviting you into their lives, saying, just let me come in, let me get my hands a little dirty in your heart, produce some good soil. Let me bring a harvest to pass, and let's feed the nations together. He loves you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And he loves you so much that he'll do more than save you, he'll do more than feed you. He's gonna produce a harvest in you. So we're gonna worship as we close. And we're gonna dig in over the next few weeks what does it look like, God? How do I become good soil as we go through this time together? And uh, I've asked a few people to just be a prayer team and stand over here to the side. If you need to respond this morning, I know we haven't been practical like at all as of the next few weeks or four. I know we haven't been practical at all, but you might be here listening this morning just knowing like, yeah, my soil needs some work. But don't do it by yourself. Let God come in and get his hands dirty. This isn't about working your own heart. It's about working with Jesus in your heart. We're co-laborers with him. So if there's something that you need to respond to this morning, I just want you to have a moment as we worship with God and just say, okay, God, just sort of as we jump in over the, these next few weeks, Lord, I'm letting your hands into my life. I believe your hands aren't idle and far off on a throne. They're in my dirt. Would you come in and would you work it? And if there's something in your life, you know right now, you're like, I don't need another sermon. That's the thing that needs some work. Just come over and have somebody pray with you and let God start getting his hands dirty in your world. You might be here this morning and have never even given your life to Jesus, decided to follow him. That's a great place to start. You're like my grass. You don't need work. You need a whole new beginning. And that's what Jesus gives you. Can we do that this morning? Does anybody want to be good soil? We have a church full of people who want to be good soil. I'm going to pray for us as we close the introduction to the sermon this morning. And we'll finish it over the next couple of weeks together. Jesus, we love you so much. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for your metaphor. We thank you for your parable. We thank you that you come into our life, Lord, and you speak to us exactly how we need to hear it. We thank you that, God, you're not surprised by our, by our soil. You're generous with your word, Lord. And I just, I pray right now against that lie in our lives that God is stingy with his soil. We break that off right now in Jesus' name. We just ask that every heart, Lord, faith to believe that you are generous with your soil, with your seed, Lord. And I pray faith to believe that your seed is good. Would you open up our eyes this week to see where you are being good in our lives? Would you open up our eyes this week to where our soil could use some work? And God, would you keep us from trying to do it ourselves? 
I thank you, God, that we serve a God with dirty hands. We don't serve a God that's far off and disinterested. We serve a God with hands that are in our dirt and he is hungry for our harvest. So Lord, would you come and have a harvest in us? We give our lives to you again over these next few weeks. We invite you in, Lord, to work our path, work our rocks, work our thorns, that we might produce a healthy harvest in Jesus' name. Let's worship together as we close.